Hello guys, Mario Tubone here and today we have a little bit of a different episode because today I'm going to answer a few questions that I got from the forums. I like the questions I got today because they weren't uh, questions just how do I pick up the girls because honestly millions and millions of pages of internet have been uh, dedicated to this matter and we kind of have to repeat always the same concepts. So today the concepts, uh, the answers I'm going to give are relevant also to this, but they can be applied also to other areas of your life. So you can become a better man. Now, without further ado, question number one. So from Mr. Roger Roger. How do you schedule your day, week, month to accomplish all your goals at once? When I go all in on one thing, I invariably encounter success at it, but often the rest of my life goes to shit. Trying to figure out how to take the same unbalanced energy to multiply life directions at once. So, okay, first of all, uh, these questions is about goal setting and working efficiently and using also time management techniques. Let me ask you, Roger, what is the priority? Because it's really what you're doing, goal number one, or is a side effect of self-development, is the feel-good chase, meaning that you're adding a lot of goals in your life, thinking, oh, I'm achieving so much stuff, and it's just not relevant to the ultimate goal? The second thing is that success in uh, achieving your goals uh, is subsequential and not linear. Meaning, after you've done the most important thing to achieve your goals, uh, so let's say your goal is to increase sales, and to increase sales uh, you need to make more phone calls. Uh, and in order to make more phone calls you need to have more leads. And what do you need to have more leads? So you see, I'm going backwards in the process of achieving the goal. And when you get the first step of the journey done, that's when you start to get the other and the other and the other. But you don't jump between them, okay? So that's the number one thing you have to do. And this concept is explained very well in Gary Keller's book, The One Thing, where you just analyze and you work backwards in the process to achieve your goal. Let's make another example. Your goal is fitness. So your goal is to lose 10 kilograms by X amount of time. First of all, we need to see if your goal, it's uh, when you use smart goal setting so that your goal makes sense. It's humanly possible. Because if I say I want to beat Usain Bolt at the next Olympics, clearly that's a, very ambitious goal, but it's not realistic, okay? So when you set a realistic goal, we analyze if the goal is in your sphere of control, if you can do anything about it, okay? Because one thing is a wishful thinking goal, so I want to make $10 million by the end of the year, and one thing is I will need to make 350 calls, so you know, one each day or whatever, it's your goal, in order to achieve a wishful goal, which is I want to make more money. Or if I have to lose weight, 
I will go to the gym X amount of times, I will be in a caloric deficit X amount of days, etc, etc. Another point is uh, procrastination, wasting time and the minimum effective dose. So in uh, the day game communities, there is a consensus that if you live in a normal city, you should be doing 25 approaches per day. Uh, that's not to just lose your skills and to keep the momentum going. So momentum definitely helps, especially when you're at the beginning, beginning of your goals, uh, you will need momentum. Okay. So when you have your steps refined and you have momentum, achieving goals is much, much easier. That's the ultimate sequence is figuring out uh, the goal, figuring out what to do, start to take the minimum viable action towards achieving it and repeat all the steps that you need to do. Now, you need to have also goals that compound effects into each other and they're not directly contrasting. Also, like I say, time management comes handy here because if you're Goal is to achieve fitness, so you need to burn more calories, but you also want to become better, I don't know, at talking to strangers during the day while in the streets. Uh, they two compounds well together. So you can actually even slap a third one on it. Uh, I don't personally recommend uh, for a series of reasons, uh, but maybe you can listen to an audiobook while walking outside and when you see someone interesting, you start to speak with them. You see, it's three goals handled at once. So that hour that you invest into this uh, actually push you further down the road of all three goals. Also, another thing that is important is that there is no balancing goals, okay? No goals uh, are equal. No goal have the same uh, value to you and carry the same priority to you so that's why my first point was what is your most important goal because you need to create counterbalances in your life and go straight with it for example content production like this podcast that's what you do batching with you spend a whole day a whole week just researching creating producing content and the next week you I don't know, focus on entirely something else. So you see, you counterbalance from one goal to the other because you avoid wasting time in those. And same like with work, sometimes there are just periods where you have to be more focused on work. So other goals don't have the same attention. But like we said, what is the top priority? What is the goal that carries the most value to you? Okay, so... I hope, Roger, you understand what I mean with this. So, question numero dos. What are some mindset shifts or even practical tips to develop a killer instinct on closing pulling woman? I suppose you mean pulling the trigger. More so on dates by day night game could be interesting too. I tend to be inconsistent with this. Ah, okay. So, um, first of all, my friend, I would say, why are you inconsistent with this? What is your mood? What's affecting your mind? What's going on with your output? Is it self-doubt? It's, I don't know, negative self-talk? Why you are not consistent uh, with your interactions? Because 
when you are going into closing, there are, it's like in sales, you should be able to see the signs that tell you, hey, do this, do that. Or if you don't see them, you go searching for them. Imagine a traffic light, you know, and it's green, yellow, or orange, depends where you come from, and red. So you never pass on red, but if you are on yellow, you tend to look on the other side of the road to see if there is danger coming, okay? Or if you're not gonna make it, you just stop and wait for a better moment. Well, if it's green, you just full steam ahead, okay? Um, in sales, uh, you make probing questions to know if your customer is ready to buy, or you observe uh, for buying signals, like when they ask how much, uh, much it costs, or when a woman asks you how far you live from uh, your dating place, or if you're in the street, uh, you're just throwing what is called a soft close uh, as well in the apps, uh, and say, I don't know, well, you look like an adventurous person. I wonder if you're into wine. That's a qualification bait. And then she says, oh yeah, absolutely. And that's where you come with your soft clothes. Well, I think we should go on a little wine adventure, you and I. And that's, you know, yes, no, maybe, whatever. But you get my point. You start to probe for that. Okay, so it's having, first of all, awareness. Okay, we are going to talk about awareness millions of times. And no, it's not about uh, being under a waterfall uh, in the lotus position, meditating. It's being aware of what's going inside your mind and what you have to do. So there is definitely a knowledge part, but rest of it is what goes inside your mind. Okay, and observing it and taking action of that. So how do you practice it? Uh, well, I mean, it's like deliberate practice, like always, you know? First of all, you have to be fine that um, you're gonna be rejected. That's gonna happen. And start to measure if you take action, yes or no. So as we said, you're gonna get rejected. Uh, maybe you're gonna do some uncalibrated stuff, uh, but what matters is you always go for it, okay? It's going to take time because nobody's born uh, with this killer instinct. Uh, you have to practice it. Uh, practice it in the areas where you see that you need improvement. So I hope this helps. Question number three. So do you have any tips uh, for creating and holding the full sexual imagery in your mind of a woman where you have seen only her fully clothed? Uh, okay. Probably I'm struggling due to poor conditioning and being conditioned to not really see clothing women sexually. Okay. And probably hampered from being on a dry spell. But even when I was having sex almost every day, my mind wouldn't retain the visuals of my partner very well. Okay. So there is a little bit um, more explanation to this. And... It's a little bit complicated because, first of all, yes, you should get get off the porn. Porn, there is a beautiful uh, book called Your Mind on Porn. Or, wait, no, it was Your Brain on Porn, sorry. And um, it basically, as a man, also for women, but more as a man, it basically destroys uh, your libido, okay? It creates uh, false expectations. Uh, it gives you the death grip, uh, 
So to recover from that, there are ways, uh, uh, probably I'm going to do another podcast about it, uh, but it's just like, there's no upside. The only thing is like smoking, basically you are, if you're a smoker, you know, when you get that craving uh, or smoking, smoking is connected to a habit. Uh, so you have that moment when you want, oh my God, I really need this. Okay. Porn could be a form of escapism. So I would ask, what do you don't like about your sexual reality? And yeah, I mean, I understand it in these uh, Instagram, TikTok uh, days uh, when basically you're bombarded uh, with uh, female bodies half naked in front of you all the time. Uh, you start to look, you know, uh, things differently. Your brain is affected differently. So I will, first of all, go uh back and do a cleaning i would do a reset of your mind and then i will start to go a little bit old school you know back in my day i know this is gonna sound crazy old but we had um newspapers you know so can you imagine vogue maxime and you start to look at women observe her curves her skin her hair color her eyes color you start to notice uh, the person in front of you, well, in this case, a woman in front of you, from a medium that is uh, a paper and not a screen, okay? So this is gonna start to train your perception in observing uh, a pixel image in front of you that you cannot change, you cannot scroll, you cannot, haha, seven seconds of uh, dances, okay, next, 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 you are, training your mind in observing the woman in front of you okay so uh, then how you train and you retain uh, imagery in your mind i think is because just your attention span might be all over the place uh, and i think this is mainly due to um the porn offer like if you go on the web pages uh, that offer these free videos uh, you see there is uh, the paradox of choice you know, there is so much stuff that is just overwhelming. And yeah, you just scroll through them and like, oh, okay, what is the flavor of the day? So of course, when you're presented with a normal woman in front of you, your brain is like, ah, well, you know, we're kind of used different here. And that's helping you to retrain getting back your attention span to the person in front of you. I hope this makes sense. And yeah, maybe even starting to work with that and do visualization exercises. So you start, you kickstart your mind back into, okay, so what do we actually like about this person? You know, what I imagine her doing that it's, it turns myself on, it, it kickstart my libido. And yeah, let me know how it goes. So this is question from Wick. No, sorry, question from Vic. How do you avoid being put in the nice guy bucket when approaching or in a date? Uh, um, well, in my experience, both in person and while coaching, I never, I never witnessed, and it never happened that uh, when a guy approaches, uh, a woman immediately put him in the friend zone bucket. Uh, the nice guy is probably because your archetype, the subcommunication suggests that you're not a sexual, um, you're not a sexual threat. 
you're not a man that is oh okay this guy is here because he wants to have a romantic interest with me and yeah so basically i will say that you know depends how you present yourself and how you conduct yourself will make all the difference also on a data did you set the interaction as man to woman did you hold the frame during tests did you keep the pressure or the sexual pressure the sexual tension sorry made you crumble did you escalate or you were very platonic so you see there are different points that we need to discuss here i would say probably the the two most common things i've seen is that yeah your archetype the way you present yourself and the way you behave yourself will make you fall into this nice guy bucket again um there is one step to take back and it's uh, what's going on in your mind. So if you're afraid of showing your true colors, uh, if you're afraid of rejection, all those kind of things, uh, I don't think there is any advice that is going to make you stand out from the nice guy because, I mean, after all, you're a nice guy deep inside and that will always come out. So suggestion is don't be a nice guy. <laughs> well, Vic, I hope this helps you um question from mr c ah how much a man should be in touch with his emotions oh that's a good one so the short answer is 100 percent the long answer is uh today's society tells guys that you should be in touch with your emotions and you should be crying you should be wine you should let your emotions control you this is a bunch of gibberish okay because when you let your emotions control you as a man, you have uh, like in your mental uh, notebook, uh, you have a uh, uh, default answer for certain things. Like when you're angry, your default answer as a caveman would be violence. Okay. So someone, uh, you're in the traffic, someone bumps into you. What is your first uh, reaction? You get out and you start to scream and you get in the face of the other guy. But that reaction, following that emotion, which is anger, doesn't make anything productive. So you acknowledge your anger and you divert it into being productive. It's like, look, um, yeah, I'm okay. I don't need assistance. I don't need medical assistance, but the car does. So how are we going to handle with insurance? or someone does something wrong to you instead of you know reacting bad heart and screaming you analyze first of all why i'm experiencing this emotion okay so you're in touch with it and you recognize that this person crossed your boundary and you just simply state it out look i don't like what you say that's quite offensive so then the other person has the choice okay well what do i do with this uh, you know i continue and whatever happens happens or i apologize to this person because i recognize i crossed these boundaries and he made me know that or another experience i was in uh, this restaurant uh, and the guy completely forgot my order so half an hour later i stand up uh, and I asked, excuse me, you know, what happened to my order? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's coming. Ten minutes later, he brings the order of another guy that just arrived five minutes after I said, where is my order? 
and he started to give me a stern look and say, oh, we are here working. And my reaction was, I'm going to punch this man in the face and I'm going to make him feel uh, the pain. But then I was like, okay, so what good is going to come out of this? I'm going to have the cops called on me. I'm going to not get food. So, so I analyzed the emotion and yeah, I was like, well, okay, thank you very much. You know, I'm going to wait here. I got my order. I leave the bad review to the restaurant and you go on with your life. So you always, when you're in touch with your emotions, you understand emotions are a tool, okay? Emotions are a tool to drive you uh, an answer to a stimulus. Now, this is, of course, you know, there are more complications and more shades of this. I understand it. So this is a very one-on-one quick explanation. When you're going to use your emotions to drive the best possible outcome, you use emotions as, as an energy towards an action or towards a mental analysis of the situation. Okay. Being in touch with your emotions doesn't mean, oh, you should be meek, soft, you should be a crybaby, you should be, be angry and sputtering sentences and write hateful comments in, in the YouTube section of videos. Uh, that's not being in touch with your emotion. That's being uh, driven by your emotions, okay? Being in touch with your emotions, it's like, well, I'm feeling uh, warm. I'm feeling um, caring. I'm feeling angry. You're in touch with those. You acknowledge those and you see if they're helpful and where these emotions come from and if they can help you. Okay, that's what really matters. So I hope this helps you, Mr. C. With that being said, there are a few other questions, but I guess we, yeah, we passed the 20 minute. So we're going to do round number two another time. There are some episodes that are coming out in the next weeks with some interviews I'm making. So if you guys have any other questions, just write me on Twitter at Mario the Dom. Okay, so it was a pleasure, guys. Talk to you next week.